Blog Talk Radio. Don't touch me. I'll beat your brains out. I mean, you can take a knee and try a 56-yard field goal. This is not Detroit, man. This is the Super Bowl. Let's get ready to rumble. I'm Sonny Liston. I'm Jack Gypsy. There's no one like me. I'm from Nairclaw. There's no one that can match me. My style is impetuous. My defense is impregnable. And I'm just ferocious. I want your heart. I want to eat his children. Down goes Frazier. Down goes Frazier. I think that the NFL knows what Randy Moss has done with marijuana, and I think the NFL knows what Randy Moss does with marijuana. Playoffs? Don't talk about playoffs. You kidding me? Playoffs? I just hope we can win a game. Good morning, and thank you for joining me. Top of the morning. Those of you already on Facebook Live, the millions, obviously listening around the world on Blog Talk Radio, live from Hollywood, California. I'm Alistair Conrad, and this is Tough Love. Welcome to Championship Sunday. Uh, it's, you know, it's funny. Every weekend, I say it's the best football weekend of the year. Um, I still believe last weekend, divisional weekend, <laughs> is the best. There's four games last weekend. There's only two today. Um, I had to do stuff yesterday, which is, uh, you know, random. Uh, but either way, <clears throat> a couple of great today. And, you know, I mean, truly a coin flip. So whoever I pick on the show, put the mortgage on the opposite, and you will come out roses. Um, before I get to previewing the games, um, I just want to hit on a couple things. Obviously, if anybody has any opinions, uh, wants to debate, chat, uh, friendly discussion, please give a call, 213-943-3423 if you're on Blog Talk Radio. Again, 213-943-3423. <clears throat> so real quick, just want to touch on a couple things. Um, I saw during the week that uh, the NBA – going to start having fan interaction with the referees real time. I don't know how that is even going to work real time, you know, technical stuff, technical wise. Um, I mean, there's so many things that (laughs) I want to say about this, how stupid of an idea it is. I mean, don't get me wrong. We have all, wanted to yell at refs, obviously, for making bad calls. Gerald, Chiefs, 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 they probably will. We'll get to that. But, you know, you can't have the population interacting with the fucking refs during a game. Like, how stupid does this even sound? Obviously, I don't have specifics about it yet. But on the surface, doesn't make any sense. First off, it's called distraction. The refs are obviously going to miss more calls if they're having interaction with 
the fans real time. Don't get how are they going to have an earpiece hearing all the vitriol that's coming? I, I mean, look at Twitter. Look at all social media. Is that what you want to have in the NBA? Is, is the Twitterverse raining hell down on the refs during a game? I mean, think about how stupid of an idea this is. I don't understand. And again, I don't have specifics. But to me, I just don't get what, what the angle is. I, golf is a really good example of couch potatoes and couch refs who are able to call in if the if people on the course miss a call, people sitting on their fucking couch can call in and be like, hey, he touched his ball, he did this, he did that, she did this, she did And they get penalized for it. And so this is now, you know, they might not say, hey, that was a foul, and they're going to obviously make it a call. But just to have fan interaction, it just it makes zero sense. This is, you know, our inability to tell people that's a bad idea is getting really, really sad. Like, that's a bad idea. Why can't somebody just be like, you're, that's a bad idea. <laughs> there's, there's nothing wrong with telling people that. Um, I was going to tangent into these kids with the whole making America great again, uh, hats, killing that vet, not killing but, you know, giving them a hard time. But I'm, I'm going to not do that. <clears throat> just uh, raise your fucking kids right. How about that? Is that such a bad thing? Can we please just raise our fucking kids right? You know, like religion and racism, I've said it for years, both are taught behaviors. Nobody comes out of the womb being a racist. That is taught. So parents, fucking get your shit together and just raise your kid right. I mean, it's really it's not that tough, you know, just uh, anyway, that's a, you know, uh, we have unfortunately put too much stock and expect too much from high school kids in some aspects. They can write, you know, a little bit, you know, if it's studies, tests, you know, quarterbacking a football team, you know, calling the right play. But when it comes to real intense stuff, racism, religion, you know, stuff that's too big for their mind yet to get, they only go off what they've learned. So parents, get your shit together. Don't raise racists. Obviously, it's tough if you are a racist. I understand that, <laughs> you know, but let's just uh, let's not put stock in what a 16 year old does all right because they don't get it yet i think if you if you think they do you're the problem um anybody you saw last night's uh boxing match between manny pacquiao adrian broner i'm just going to touch on the the ufc and boxing real quick um manny did exactly what i said manny would do adrian broner how does this guy keep getting boxing matches he he and Floyd Mayweather are a lot alike. You know going into a fight what you're going to get. The only difference is Floyd Mayweather is one of the fucking best ever, and Adrian Broner is a fucking thug, piece of shit. And it goes in, throws like four punches. He threw 98 punches last night in 12 rounds. That, that's, that, you, you have to try to do that, and he got paid 
$2.5 million. And he's a piece of shit. He's just a piece of shit. I should have bet the house. You know, I mean, I should have bet my life that Pacquiao was going to win because he did exactly what I knew he was going to do. Um, and I pray the only thing I wanted out of that fight last night was to was for Manny to hit Broner so hard he could never talk again. So we'd never have to hear that piece of shit ever again. That was the only thing. I mean, it was that's how much I can't stand that piece of shit. Anyway, <clears throat> Manny wins. I don't want to see a rematch with Floyd Mayweather. I don't. They're both, you know, Floyd's 42, Manny's 40. I, you know, that ship has sailed. I don't want to see it again. I guarantee you there's going to be a lot of people who pay to see that again. I guarantee it just because Manny has made a little bit of a comeback and Floyd is Floyd and they're going to get paid. I know it's going to happen. I just don't want it to. The fight before that, by the way, um, before or uh, between Badu Jack and uh, Brown, if you see Badu Jack, I posted it on my Facebook. Um, I'll post it on the page and whatnot. <laughs> Badu Jack has a cut. It looks like he got out of hair and makeup. He's got a cut uh, in the middle of his forehead that goes from about three quarters up his forehead down to the bridge of his nose. And it, I mean, it looks like the Mississippi River. <laughs> it's insane. And the, uh, it was incredible. It was, it was incredible. You got to check out the photo. Badu Jack gash on the forehead. Just Google that. You'll find it. Um, as far as the UFC goes last night, Two things that I want to hit on. As a, as a championship match, be it boxing or UFC, it bothers me to no end that a ref, you know, can fuck up that bad. And if Dillashaw, you know, granted, he got in the first 28 seconds, he was getting worked, but he's going, he's, reta- he's trying to do shit. He's not out on his back. Whereas if the ref, obviously the ref's going to call it then. But Dillashaw, even though he's getting worked, it's 28 seconds in. He's shooting the leg twice. And I just don't get where the stoppage came. I get, the, I get how it looked. But as a referee in a massive mega fight like that, you can't do that. That's, it's, you cannot do that. Uh, and it's unfortunate. Hopefully, you know, there's going to be a rematch. Uh, Henry uh, Suedo, you know, will probably rematch him at 135. Dillashaw's weight. I don't know. I don't know. I just don't like the fact that you're going to call a fight 28 seconds in and the dude you're calling the fight on is showing signs of, like, you know, ability, coming back. Again, if he's out on his back cold, that's one thing. Call the fight. You know, like uh, McGregor Aldo. Yeah, Aldo was gone. He's out 13 seconds. This wasn't that. And it's just frustrating to see. Damn it, I hate seeing that. And number two on that, you know, Greg Hardy, former Carolina Panther D-line, and, uh, you know, a quick song with the Cowboys. You know, not playing in the NFL anymore because of domestic violence. And, uh, you know, goes and and does UFC, uh, starts MMA, Dana White is a whore, and so he gets Greg Hardy to the UFC, thinking he's going to sell tickets. Main event. Like, he, Greg Hardy was the fight against some dude I've never heard of, which is saying something, in the fight before the main event. And I get it. I get the angle. 
I want to sell tickets. I'm, you know, Dana White. Greg Hardy's this new name. But the fight was fucking terrible. Terrible. It was something you would expect on the first fight of the card in the prelims. One that nobody has any interest in watching. And guess what happens? Greg Hardy, probably because he doesn't know the rules. I, you know, he's a piece of shit. But outside of that, he probably doesn't know the rules fully yet. And the dude had a knee on the ground and Greg Hardy knees him in the fucking temple and dude, you know, goes, goes out. Um, and so he's automatically disqualified. A lot of people are going to look at that and say, oh yeah, he did it. Cause he's a piece of shit. I truly, even though he is a piece of shit, don't think he did it, uh, on purpose. I, I, I think he was in the moment. The knee was there. Didn't realize the guy's knee was on the ground. Did it. That's not the point. No, all I'm saying is that fight should never be the lead up fight. It's just stupid. It's absolutely dumb. So, uh, Anyway, let's talk some football. Uh, Being that I only have a show once a week, I should probably change that and do it every day. But, you know, I just want to touch on something about that Eagles and Saints game last week. And it just, I, it just, you know, again, I'm only a guy sitting in my place on a couch, right? And I don't know anything. (laughs) But two things in that game that the Eagles did that are mind-blowing to me. First off, when the Saints faked the punt, they should have had no opportunity to do so. For whatever reason, the Saints or the Eagles did not accept the penalty to push them back. Like, instead of making it third and 11, third and 12, they declined the penalty, made fourth. I turned to my buddies at the bar. I'm like, Saints are faking this punt. 100% 100% they're faking this punt. Sure enough, they fake the punt. They get the first down, they go down. They, I mean, that's take your chance. I know it's Drew Brees. I get it. But you're, you're pushing them back farther. I think you would have been to their 25. Why would you not do this? I don't get why you wouldn't do that and push them back. So that's number one. And then at the end of the game, what are you hurrying up for? You're already down <laughs> to the Saints, like, 30-yard line. Wait to the two-minute warning before running a play. You're in chaos all of a sudden, and you run a play. I went to take a piss. They, 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 they completed whatever play it was. I see there's, like, 217, 216 left. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to go take a piss. I start walking to the bathroom, and all of a sudden, I missed the interception. I Because... I'm like, what are they doing? What are you doing? Throwing? Why would you not wait? Let everybody just, all right, here's what we're going to do. We got the first down. Let's go. I mean, granted, Elshon Jeffrey dropped the pass. Unfortunate, right? He dropped the pass. But what the, just slow down. You got two minutes left with time to regroup and just chill. You know, I don't buy the argument, oh, Saints were on their heels. No, 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 just, you would have been, you're at, you're at the 30, you're at the 30, Uh, you know, just, you got a ton of time, relax, just, you know, it was unbelievable. (laughs) Oh, Bob, relax. I'm talking about it now. 
Bob's like, two best games of the season. You're talking about Greg Hardy. Uh, I've got 15 minutes left, Bob. I got a lot of time to talk about the game. And I thought you were going to call in and we could talk about the game. So that maybe that was it. Maybe I'm just waiting for you to call in so, I, so we can talk about the you said you're going to. Rams, Saints, Patriots, Chiefs. Obviously, we'll talk about the first game first. You know what's really cool is the games are at 12 o'clock my time and 3.30, just like if I was at home during the regular season. So it's kind of interesting. I don't have to do this show and then kind of do some shit real quick before the games come on at 10. This is kind of nice all of a sudden. I get a little breather. Uh, game is going to start at noon. First game, Rams, Chiefs, or, uh, Rams uh, and Saints. You know, here's the thing. And I don't know if a lot of people are, are overlooking this. I know there's a couple of people who talked about it. But I, I, I don't know how big of a deal it is because they're playing. And I'm a firm believer that if you're going to play, um, then, it, you know, I mean, obviously that means you're good enough, you know, to play. But the injuries on both, both sides of the ball well, for the Rams, zero. For the Saints, though. You, first off, Sheldon Rankins, your D tackle, all everything D tackle towards ACL last week or his Achilles, he's gone, unfortunately, because he's a baller. Kirkwood, the wide receiver, who I, I've said this numerous times, and I, you know, I mean, we've only seen a couple teams be able to do it, but truly, the only thing that the Saints have on offense is Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara, and they can run the football really well with Kamara and Ingram. But I've said it for, for a long time. Shut down Thomas. Just, you know, I mean, granted, it's harder, easier said than done. But I guarantee you, if the Saints and Patriots play in the Super Bowl, the Patriots are going to take Thomas away. So I don't get why nobody else does that. Take Thomas away. You know, put a couple people on Kamara, or at least one with a lot of uh, uh, oh, don't question Mark Medino. Oh, Taysom Hill. Don't Taysom Hill is uh, uh, a cute little toy right now. He's nothing. Uh, and you play a team that, you know, he, until he starts playing more, talk to me. But Taysom Hill right now is a cute little piece, and that's about all he is. But getting back real quick to the injuries. Three players showed up on the injury report on the offensive line for the Saints this week. You've got Andrews Pete, left guard, with a broken hand that he, that he broke in week 17. Ashley, hi, sweetie. And so he's playing, but he's playing with a broken hand at left guard. And he's very good, but he's got a broken hand. <laughs> By the way, he goes up against Aaron Donald. Just, uh, just so you know, he's got a broken hand going up against Aaron Donald. The right tackle, Ramchek, has a shoulder injury. He's playing, but he has a shoulder injury, and he'll be going up against, um, I want to say it's um, either Brockers or the dude who I'm, I'm slipping, the, the Florida kid um, from Jacksonville, Dunlap or whoever. And the center Max Ung, knee, who, by the way, is also going up against Aaron Donald and Indomitian Sue. I, they're playing, right? And so as far as football goes, if you can play on the field, 
generally you're going to be okay. But for them to have the injuries that they do, it's somewhat worrisome. That's all I'm saying. I'm not saying it's the everything, but I don't know if people are, are just leaving that out to do that. To me, that's a significant situation. Going up against a team like the Rams, granted, they, in my opinion, aren't as ferocious as they should be. Aaron Donald is Aaron Donald. I want to say, hold on a sec, where is, I want to, there's a stat out there, I think. I thought I had it. Bottom line, it's Aaron Donald. And what he's done literally since the last time the Saints and the Rams played. And it is, oh, here it is, that game. And this is in seven games. Aaron Donald has had 10 and a half sacks, 20 quarterback hits, 13 tackles for a lost me to a game and 31 overall tackle in seven games. This is a D tackle. Aaron Donald, if you are hurt, this is what I'm getting at. If you're hurt going up against Aaron Donald, I mean, that just intensifies and magnifies things a lot because if you're healthy going up against Aaron Donald, he still is better than you. So now you're going to be hurt. And in Dominican Sue, as quiet as his season has been, he's, still is the reason Aaron Donald is playing so well. To have somebody of Indomitian Sue's skill set next to an all-pro, all-world D tackle like Aaron Donald is something that doesn't get talked about enough. Aaron Donald is having this monster year because of Indomitian Sue. And if you all of a sudden are hurt, in front of those two, that's all I'm saying. I'm not saying it's going to be the end all for the Saints. I'm not saying that, although I do think the Rams have a very good chance today because of that. And the fact that Todd Gurley and the Rams running game, along with all of a sudden CJ Anderson, who's, you know, going crazy, you know, without Sheldon Rankins, going up against a run game like the Rams have, this is, here's the thing. I, you know, the first time they met, I want to say it was week nine. Saints blew a huge lead in that game. I think they were up 35, 14 or something like that. Rams come charging back, tie it up. They eventually lose to the Saints 45, 35. I don't think it's going to be like that again. I truly don't because of, the Saints offensive line's issues. And because of the loss of Sheldon Rankins, the Rams are going to want to impose their will, especially with newly minted C.J. Anderson and Todd Gurley, who supposedly is at 100%. And I'm telling you, it's just, I think both teams are going to run the ball. I, I, the over-under on this game is 56. I don't think it's getting there. 28-28. I, I, you know, I mean, it's not uh, the realm of possibilities, but I see like a 24-17, 24-20. I mean, it's going to be close on the over-under just because of how much firepower they both have. But Aqib Tlaib 
on Michael Thomas is going to change things. Marcus Peters cannot cover Michael Thomas, as was evidenced in their first matchup, you know, however long ago. Having to keep Tlaib back gives you so many more opportunities if you're Wade Phillips to change things up, change up blitz packages, change up coverage packages. So many things that you can do now to that offense that you couldn't do in week nine. And on top of that, the Saints will want to run the football anyway. I just think this is going, if you're going to bet anything today, bet the under. I don't think it's going to have an 80-point total again. And, they, you know, I mean, 45-35 is one thing. I don't think it's going to get to the 56. Again, I'm always wrong. So bet the over and you're going to be fine. But, you know, ah, whatever. I only have five and a half minutes left. Thanks to all that Greg Hardy talk, Bob. Uh, but uh, let's get to, to Patriots and, and Chiefs. By the way, I am picking the Rams. All right. I know who that nation Dino, you love that. Don't rip on me. You should love that. You and Chad and all you saints bitches. You should love that uh, because anything I pick, the opposite is going to happen. Uh, so therefore, uh, you know, pick, pick the, if you're bad, pick the, the saints and you should do well today, but I'm going with the Rams. I truly am. Uh, as far as the Patriots and the chiefs, I would bet the over on this one. I know the Patriots are going to want to run the football. But the Chiefs know that you're going to want to run the football. Uh, and I don't doubt that Tom Brady still has it. You guys know how I feel about him. And I know that they have the offensive weapons to toss it around. By the way, James White had 10 in the first half last week. And I, unless the Chiefs have an answer for the running backs, which I don't think they do. I don't think the Chiefs, have the talent on defense and they've shown it throughout the season to to slow down an, a Patriots offense. They might be able to slow down a Vikings offense or like you know a, a middle of the road offense, Eagles or, or Carolina or something like that. I don't think they can shut down the Patriots offense. They're too varied. The the question is can the Patriots keep up? Because defensively, I don't think the Patriots I mean, they're ne- they've never been great defensively, except for the early 2000s, you know, with Bruschi and Vrabel and Ty Law and so forth. But now I just don't – they're the ultimate bend don't break. And they're not going to go down to Arrowhead and stop an offense that's doing what they're doing. I just don't see it. Um, then again, weather conditions, I don't know. You know, I think it's going to be all right in Kansas City, even if it's 15, 20 degrees. You know, the earlier reports in the week were one, uh, and it's not going to be that. If it would have been, I would have favored the the Patriots, but it's not. And so, therefore, you know, if it's 15, 20 degrees, ah, whatever. It's not a big deal. Not a big deal at all. Uh, And I I just feel like this game is just – it's going to be a shootout unless the chiefs cannot stop the run. Then all bets are off. Then I think it's going to be, I mean, think about it. If the Patriots can win the time of possession by five twenty-five margin or 37, 23, something like that, they'll win the game. They'll win the game because that just means they are running the ball at will, getting four or five, six yards a clip, keeping Patrick Mahomes and the offense off the field. And that's that. Uh, if they can't, 
you know, and the Chiefs are throwing it up and doing their thing. I just I think the Patriots can score as much. Chiefs defense isn't that good. Chiefs defense has to rely on their defensive line getting to Brady. And if Brady is getting the ball out too quick, be it to Edelman, to James White, to Philip Dorsett, Gronk, Cordero Patterson, you name it, then they're not going to be effective. And I see that happening. I don't see Tom Brady taking a lot of five-step drops, seven-yard or seven-step drops. I don't see it. Uh, so with that said, and here's, here's the thing. Andy Reid and Andy Reid is the wild card in this only because he has such a problem with sticking with the run. If, if they're up by 14 points in the end of the third quarter or 11 points end of the third quarter, something like that, I can see Andy Reid passing the ball still, you know, and any other team smart, run the ball, clock, you know, I, Andy Reid possibly could be the wild card because if it comes down to it and they're up by 10 with seven minutes to go in the fourth, I can see him throwing the ball. Um, with that said, I'm picking the Chiefs. I think it's going to be Rams and Chiefs. Tom, I agree with you. And if, uh, that would be, a, you know, a really good uh, – is, is that a rematch of that shootout on Monday night? I think it is. Um, you know, and – Hopefully it wouldn't be 51-48, 54-51 again, um, you know, because it is what it is. I'm not the huge fan of that kind of a game, but, you know, if it is, that's okay too. Uh, but either way, baby, NFL championship weekend, day, Sunday, fun day. I can't wait. It's going to be a good time. 10 seconds, Blog Talk Radio. Thank you so much. Book Live, I love you guys. As always, thanks for tuning in. Have a great, great day. Drive fast, take chances. I'll see you next Sunday.